Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, you're listening to the DPC podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things dead parent, the good, the bad, and the banter, hosted by Sam and Kat. So with us today, we have a lady that found us through Instagram um, called Laura, and Laura messaged us and was super keen to get involved, so we have finally got her on, and yeah, I'm going to hand it over to Laura, and you can just kind of introduce yourself, where you're from, and then just kind of start telling your story really from the beginning, and then we'll just kind of go on from there. Okay, so yeah, my name's Laura. Um, I'm currently living near Windsor, um, so just outside of London, and yeah, I guess I found you guys um, through the unfortunate events of losing my mum. This was now actually maybe, well, going to be eight years ago this year now, Um, so I feel like it's it's a different type of journey, I guess, to those who have lost their mums or parents quite soon, Um, but it's still still hard but yeah it's um, an ongoing thing (laughs) yeah so she was poorly for quite a long time um she had a brain tumor and she got the all clear once and then it was the second time that it came back that um that yeah that she passed away so it was probably I think it was about a four year five year thing um but from the second time that she was diagnosed it was about a year I think if that um but it kind of yeah just went very quickly the last year gosh four or five years that must have been just a long old tiring five years it was mentally draining yeah but I don't I remember it being hard but I don't remember it ever consuming me like I remember knowing mum was ill and like yeah her going to hospitals and things like that but I don't ever remember thinking like she's gonna die and like maybe that was me being young and naive because I feel like probably my family knew that but I just always thought she's gonna get better and then when she did get better and she had the all clear when it came back the second time it was almost even more of a she'll be fine doesn't matter get on with it mum like you're all good sort of thing um so I don't ever remember it being too difficult wait how old are you at the time um so I was 17 when she passed away um so it's just through my teen years really oh so it's like all going when you were all going through school yeah yeah and like the first I'd say year or so um she was treated as though it was epilepsy um because she used to have like blackouts and stuff, but it yeah transpires that it was actually the brain tumor and not epilepsy. 
gosh. So the second time, and then it was like a year from the second time she was diagnosed, did you say? Yeah, until she I passed. Th- I think so. The whole time is a bit of a blur, to be honest. But I remember because of the... I apologise if this is too much information, but the the positioning of the tumour in her brain was like central this time, whereas before it was on the outside. So where it's on the inside of the brain, they couldn't operate like they did before. Um, and if they did, um, like she could be paralysed or like it just could have like the effects were just too bad. Um, and she'd already had like her amount of like radiotherapy um, and chemotherapy was just making her so sick. Um, so she mm-hmm. kind of made the decision that I don't want to live like the rest of my short life ill and um, poorly because of the chemo. So she just kind of, yeah, just let it happen, I guess. And so did you know that that was the decision that that she had to make yeah. at the time? Mm-hmm. Were you, did you have that conversation with her? Yeah, so she was um, really, like, honest throughout everything. Um, and though I'm one of three daughters, so I've got an older sister and a younger sister, um, and she just always told us, like, the truth, really. And, yeah, she basically called us all into the li- uh, living room and, um, yeah, just said that that was her decision and this, this is what's going to happen and we don't know how long and that sort of stuff. Um, but... Yeah, again, it's such like a... I don't know if my brain's just pushed it out, but it seems like I dreamt that that's what happened. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have the exact same experience in that. I, I'm pretty sure... or I'm, I'm not even sure if I'm, I'm making stuff up anymore or mm. if it actually happened and or if it, like, what's facts <laughs> or what's not. It was all a dream. <laughs> if it was all a dream. <laughs> Like an absolutely bloody horrendous nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> we always say it's like a dream. It's like, no, a, a terrible, terrible dream. Terrible nightmare. Were you close to your sisters at the time? Uh, yeah. I think we got to an age where the kind of bickering stopped, just the normal kind of sibling bickering. Um, and we were really close. And now I'm like, yeah, they're my best friends. We're really, really close now. But at the time definitely but I always um I'm always the big sister like although I'm in the middle I take care of both of them that's like my younger sister as well because she's somehow more mature than I am and look looked after me when I was um, having all my drunken breakdown so how old are they yeah Yeah. sorry did you say how old are they yeah, what's the um, the age difference? Um, so my older sister is three years older than me. Um, so I'm 24, 25 in two weeks. So she's 27, nearly 28. And then my little sister is not so little. She's 20. Um, but at the time she would have been, what, 12? Yeah, yeah. 12. Gosh. Mm. So yeah. did your, did your mum end up going into a hospice or was it hospital or did she die at home um at home so we had a local hospice near us um that she used to get respite so she used to go there some weekends um and stay for the weekend but she was never there full time we were actually lucky enough um to have or to be able to convert one of the rooms downstairs into a like we had the hospital bed and everything 
um, and the local hospice used to have um, nurses that would come over at night time um, just to give us um, some break in kind of caring for her as well. Um, so yeah, we were, I'm so grateful to be able to have had her at home, but yeah, so she passed away at home. So Kat had the almost the same experience as that. Mm. Yeah. My experience was very similar. They did, they did try and move her at one point. They came to like assess her Mm. and they were like, no, I think it's time that we moved her to a hospice, but they arrived. And I think they saw that we had like 20 members of family in our house. And it was like, wow. Um, and I think my mum was really unwell at that point so they decided to I think it was either a case of they decided to keep her at home because she was so unwell and couldn't face the move or they saw how much support we had at home and decided that it was the best move to keep her at home with everyone all of her family could be around her all the time but I, I'm so glad that it happened like that I don't know about you but I still live in that same house now but just like it doesn't haunt me really even though you might expect it to but yeah yeah it might be a bit of both. I think for us, we just, yeah, we had the space and with mum, it was like inevitable and she wasn't, um, I don't know, I don't know how to word it. Um, it wasn't desperate, like she didn't need to be under, like being cared for constantly, if that makes sense. She was just in her bed all yeah. the time, but yeah, it was just kind of wherever she was most comfortable. Okay. Yeah, I... Um was gonna like sort of say a similar thing to cut in that because I always thought that having them at home would be quite um confronting like because well I mean obviously you don't you don't live in the house anymore though right now that you're in no. Windsor so do your does your family still live in that house uh yeah so my stepdad still lives there and so does my little sister how does it make you feel when you go back to that house is it something that you remember when you go back there um yes and no I lived there for a year after um she passed away um but to be honest I very rarely go around because the relationship with my stepdad did kind of break down as well um but if I do go there it's for minimal amount of time and it's not my home anymore like it doesn't feel like that and all the pictures of mum are gone and it's yeah it's a bit of a touchy subject (laughs) Yeah. God, um, that must be really hard, actually. Mm, yeah. Especially because mum was one for photos as well. She had pictures everywhere. Like, she loved having photos of, like, her and us together and us, like, our school pictures were everywhere. But they're all gone now. Do you, like, keep those photos somewhere? Yeah. Do you so, still have them? Yeah. They're all in the attic. And, like, if I, like, eventually when I move out, I know that I'll be able to have them, like, I'm not I still speak with my stepdad it's just it's not the same um so if I ever wanted them that I can have them it's just I haven't got the room (laughs) yeah fair yeah so who else did you have around you at that so you were 17 were you at sixth formal college um I was at college and I was actually living away so I lived um in Winchester at like a agricultural college so it was a residential one um so for those Uh Yeah, so the last two years of mum's life, I was living away, basically, um, which was good and bad. (laughs) Um, The time that I was away, if I didn't come home every weekend and then I'd come home, I'd see such a difference and that used to be horrible. Um, 
but also coming home I just feared it so much so I just used to it was like my escape basically being at college gosh yeah so how far away were you um it was about an hour and a half on the train so not too far like far enough that I could like escape but close enough that if I changed my mind and ever wanted to come home I could get on the next train yeah yeah I feel that but um yeah answering your first question me and my dad um are so close so he was there with me throughout everything and he's actually the one that told me that mum had passed away so were you away at the time uh yeah so again this is a touchy story basically I was home it was um in October and I think it was half term so I was at home Mm -hmm. and um, my boyfriend at the time and actually one of the nurses so it was a very small town that I lived in one of the nurses that used to care for my mum um has a beautiful family she's absolutely lovely they arranged for us to go away for the week um in this little farmhouse in Cornwall um yeah really nice and just for me to get away and um my stepdad put his foot down and was like absolutely not you're not going like you're being selfish like your mum needs you here um basically yeah didn't want me to go and it was a big hoo-ha my dad came over um, and there was this big argument of whether I was going to go or not the morning that we were meant to be driving down. And um, so this is on the Saturday. Um, in the end, I go to my mum's bed. She can't speak or anything at this stage. Um, and I'm holding her hand and she can hear obviously everything that's going on. And she's squeezing my hand. And I don't know if that's me just being selfish, being like, yeah, she wanted me to go. But I read that in yeah. a way that she's like, Laura, just just go, like, don't worry sort of thing. Um, yeah. And then we drove down to Cornwall. Um, we had one night. And then the next morning, my granddad texts me and said, I think you need to come home. Um, and I said, OK, like, as in, like, soon or like now? And he said now. So um, my dad drove halfway and the nurse's husband drove the other way and we met halfway at this little cafe in the middle of nowhere and I just knew straight away because my sister had stopped texting me back at this point as well and I was like just tell mum to wait like I'm coming I'm on my way just tell her I'm on my way um but she stopped replying to me yeah um so the moment I saw my dad I knew it but he yeah it was awful awful time yeah it must have been horrendous and then well, you're like having to drive, do that drive back as well afterwards. Yeah, I've yeah. It's we were, when I jumped in the car and we were driving back. At this point, I knew that she had died. It was actually funny. Like I was so relieved. Like the the weight that was lifted from me. And my dad's mum passed away when he was in his twenties, so still quite young as well. And I said to him, I was like, yeah. "Is this normal? Like I feel." like almost happy like I feel so relieved like I'm heartbroken but I feel good and he was just like Laura it's normal like this has been going on for so long like she's finally yeah. out of pain it's yeah it's it's okay to yes I, that's like one thing that um I remember speaking to Kat about when her mum was um in like her final couple of days because I remember being sat there with my dad in the hospice and it just been, it just feels like it's been dragging on for ages. 
and we were just oh like, God, yeah. we, were, we were literally at the point where we were like, like you can show die. Let's fucking die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just get it over with already. It's such an awful thing to say yeah. as well. I imagine people that have, people that have never been in that situation probably think, oh my God, why do I ever think that? Would you not want them to just hang on for as long as possible? But you're like, no, trust me. Like my mum is a shell now. Like it's just, you're just waiting for their body to give up. And it's like, please God, like I can't deal with it any longer. Yeah. yeah, just let her go with dignity. Like that was the hard thing was watching her like lose her independence. Like while she was still like able she was so independent and then she'd be determined to like feed herself and stuff but her whole balance and like um I guess hand-to-mouth movements were so off so when she'd feed herself it was almost like a child um but she was determined she wouldn't let anyone feed her she was like I'm I want to do it um so yeah but then that deterioration like you say they kind of lose that dignity and they're just a shell then yeah well because it was so was that the tumour that was causing mm-hmm. yeah, those things to get worse. Yeah, it's where it was. So obviously it's like expanding and the brain is so, so sensitive. So anything yeah. pressing or where it's like expanding and growing, it's then pushing on different parts of the brain. Like even her personality changed. Like she, it's crazy how much, like how much that, that the brain, I don't know how to explain it but like yeah her personality changed everything was changing with the growth of this tumor gosh that is crazy how did your boyfriend react at the time Um, at the time so we were like childhood sweethearts we've been together um from I think I was like 13 it was like best friends and then as you got got older you're like oh yeah this is boyfriend and girlfriend um so we were together for a while um (laughs) he uh was amazing um all the way throughout and I've always said to him, like, even now, like, we are two separate life paths right now. But I know I've, re- like, reached out to him in the past and just been like, like, thank you. Um, because when we were at that cafe, he was with me. Um, and my dad told me, and I just turned straight to him. Um, and he was having, like, his arms were, like, under my armpits. And he was literally having to hold me because it, it was felt like the whole ground just gave way. Um, but the timings after that, um, yeah, he was amazing, really good, just supportive and listened to me and yeah. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Well, so what was it in, was there anything in particular that he did that was like that was so helpful 
or was it just that, like you say, he was just like allowed you to just talk and would just listen? Mm, he was just there. Like, I guess at that time, still 17, like you feel so old, but you're still so young. Um, and yeah. It's, yeah, like we just, I went straight back into normal life. I didn't dwell too much in the early stages after mum died. So he just allowed me the space to do what I wanted to do if I wanted to, I don't know go out for dinner or whatever like he didn't kind of be like oh should you be doing that he just allowed me to to be and do everything I wanted to to be and do and that's perfect Mm. that's that's exactly what that's the kind of people that I feel like we all need around us at that time that isn't going to be like you know trying to stop you from doing stuff or judging what you're doing because like like you made a good point there about, you know, like even just like going out for dinner, people would be like, what do you think you're doing having a good time when your dad's just mm-hmm. died or when your mom just died? Yeah, exactly. So, and I think because at that age as well, we were just so, we were best friends. Like that's, I think we were probably more best friends than anything else. Um, so mm-hmm. it just, yeah, it just was easy to kind of, to grieve. And when I, I had a very odd um reaction I guess um to mum passing away I was just very normal I didn't I'm a very emotional person but I didn't cry for maybe a year maybe more um yeah I just was very much like block it out didn't happen like in the depths of denial I think so what point did you decide or did you not decide did you like start to confront it and be like right, I need to accept that this has happened now and kind of, like, let those emotions back in? Mm. Um, I would say it was 2015. Yeah, 2015 when I come home from travelling. So this is now four years after it happened. Um, Uh And, yeah, I come home from travelling and just had, like, the best time of my life. And then you kind of smack back into reality. And I think like holiday blues is always a thing, especially when you've been traveling for a long time. You come home and you're like, oh, shit, got to go back to normal life. Um, And Mm. then I think it was establishing what was that. Um, And yeah, I know that I was very like, I say strong, but I wasn't strong at all. I was strong for too long. Like I didn't cry, didn't get upset. I didn't really talk about it. And if I did, it was just like such a blasé like perspective. Like it was like, yeah, my mom's dead. Mm-hmm. This shit happens. Get over it. Like that sort of like people were shocked and like hurt that I was that way. Um, yeah. But I think it was just me. But then, yeah, when I came back from traveling and I just had this realization of like, I need to deal with this. Um, and I had really bad anxiety as well. And I'd never paired the two together. Um, but it was just a constant like battle of who am I? I was trying to be one person when inside I really wasn't that person. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, so I did like panic workshops and then I had counseling for 16 weeks or 16 sessions. Um, and that helped so much. How did you find the counseling? Did you go, was it like, did you go to like a private counseling thing or was it NHS or? 
Uh, it was NHS. So I went um, at first for my anxiety and that's when they put me on the panic workshop, which was basically like a four week um one session per week with loads of other people with anxiety and you learn about panic and what anxiety is and all of that sort of stuff and as brilliant as it was at the end of it I was like there's still something there's still more to this um and then they uh, referred me to a counsellor so it was all NHS but they were fantastic again like I didn't have to jump through hoops like I know some other people have and like other friends of mine have it was all very like um yeah straightforward and I didn't have to try and prove myself you know yeah I'm just taking it back a second to when you said you know I was like strong for too long I've been thinking so much recently about I think there's such a like I think we're so wrong to like congratulate people for being strong when like someone died Mm. because I feel like it um what's the word it's it pressurizes you to feel like you have to be strong because these people are congratulating you for 100%. it. hundred percent. I think that was it. Everyone was like, Oh, you're so strong. You're so strong. And then I felt like I had, I had to be that person that everyone. Yeah. Has. Like the, the reality is like on the inside, you are not strong. <laughs> like you're literally like a crumbling yeah. mess. Yeah. And also it's like, I've referred to it before as like survival mode. Like I knew that my little sister needed me. I knew that like my family were like not dependent on me either, but I felt like I was the uh, middleman between like feuds that happened within the family after mum's passing. Like even now, like I'm that one person that speaks to everybody. Um, And I hold that together and I hold it strongly in terms of like thinking that's what what mum would want um but with that comes so much pressure and responsibility and I think I just yeah it just gets you after a while definitely and how did you feel then like four years after did you take the time to almost like relive it like did you go back through and kind of think a lot in depth about what happened and like what was so helpful about the counselling what do you think was the most helpful part about it the most helpful part for me was my perspective so I think what had changed in those four years as well is that I'd gone from a 17 year old kid to like a 21 year old young woman (laughs) in quotation marks um so my perspective was like completely different so I was carrying a lot of guilt um about things that I felt like I should have done so now I'm 21 I'm earning my own money I'm living on my own, essentially, like I'm not living at home anymore. And I'm thinking, oh, it would have been so nice if I could have just gone for coffee with my mum or it would have been so nice Mm -hmm. if I could have, I don't know, taken her to the cinema or all of this stuff. And I remember saying it to my therapist and I was like, I just wish I could have done all of those things. And she was like, but you were just a kid. Like you were just a kid and that your mum would not have expected you to have done all of those things that maybe you're now capable of now that you're an adult. And it was just like yeah. completely changing of perspective. So because, yeah, four years on, I, I allowed myself to grieve properly. I was grieving as a 21-year-old and not a 17-year-old. And, yeah, perspective mm-hmm. was completely different. Yeah. It makes such a good point. Like, because like you said as well earlier, like, you think that you are an adult at that time. Mm-hmm. And it's not until you look back and you're like, I was still, like, very little. Mm -hmm. Very little. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was fresh out of the womb. <laughs> yeah. No, just still crawling. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like when you look back, though, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that was what helped the most was perspective. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, you were at uni, right? No. No, I didn't go ah. to university. I um, I did move back, though. I moved back to Southampton um, before going travelling uh, because that's where all my friends were from college. So I moved there uh, a year or so after mum died. Uh-huh. Where did you go travelling? Um, all over. I went, I spent three months in India. Um, and then I spent a month or so through Southeast Asia. Um, then on to Australia, um, New Zealand, and then I flew into LA, um, and did like a tour road trip thing from LA to New York. Um, it was brilliant. And also actually before that I did interrailing in Europe as well. It was just before Christmas. Oh, you've done really similar things to me. Really? I am. Yeah. Um, I went into railing. I went all across Europe, I was in Spain, and I did a trip in America mm. from LA to Miami to New York. Oh, amazing! Yeah. So, and now you're in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> well, and now Sam's in Australia. Oh, Sam's yeah. in Australia. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. I really want. I'm stuck in England. I really want to do America. I have to get tips from you both. Yeah, definitely. It's amazing because um, although it's like one big country, it's almost like each state has its own culture. It's really like, yeah, yeah, it's almost like going through Europe for like you go from like country to country and it's so different from one to the other. And it's quite the same in the States as well. Yeah. Did you, um, like when you were traveling, obviously you're meeting new people all the time. Um, Did you find it then... Did you find then that you had to tell a lot of strangers that your mum had died? Like, were people asking you about, like, kind of what your parents did and stuff? Or how were you, were you the kind of person that would bring it up in conversation when you first meet people? Like, how did you find that? Yeah, not really. And even now, to be honest, that's probably one of my weaknesses is that I'll talk about her as though she's alive until I feel comfortable, to be honest. Um, yeah. Only because I don't like the pity and I don't like the awkwardness of people being like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, all of those things that she was, like, she still is. Like, I don't need to, um, I don't know, I didn't need to yeah, bring it up. Exactly. As such. Yeah, me and Kat almost thrive off that awkwardness now. Really? Mm. <laughs> like, oh, I don't know. It took me so long. It took me so long to be able to just come out with it. Um, mm. And, like, I remember so many times. I used to make notes in my phone every time I stopped myself from saying it because I used to get so angry at myself because um, I would go to say, oh, my dad's died. And then I just I physically couldn't get the words out and I'd just be so annoyed. And then, yeah, like you say, you just talk about them as if they're, alive but that's another thing as well like you should just be I still do that yeah what still talk about them as if they're alive yeah sometimes it's just easier like I think you can get a vibe and you kind of know how the other person might react and like I know I shouldn't think so much about the other person but 
I know how I feel when someone tells me and I think, oh my gosh, that's awful. And I just don't, yeah, I just try and protect everyone. I don't want anyone to feel Mm. a certain way. I kind of did it for the first time the other day where I was a bit like, oh, I can't believe I've just kind of avoided that situation. But I was talking to somebody on Instagram um, somebody that like doesn't know about my mum and stuff, and um, and he was like, "Oh yeah, so so who do you live with then? Like, do, oh, do you live at home with your parents?" And I just replied saying, "Oh yeah, like I live live with my dad." And I think, and and I was like, I don't I don't know whether in that I kind of avoided saying, "Oh, I live with my dad" because like my mum's died, but like. When I when I say oh, I live with my dad, I don't. It makes it sound as if like my parents have split mm, up, yeah. And I just and my mum's still alive, but I just don't live with her. But I was like, I don't want to say I live with my dad because my mum's dead, so it's just me and my dad. Because I was like, I don't want to kill this conversation, <laughs> like when it's only just begun. So I just left it. But I was like, oh, so this guy now probably thinks that my parents have just broken up, and I've still got and a mum that's around somewhere it's such a weird thing isn't that's it the, that's the difference as well though between like talking to people like face to face and like because mm. i do i mean i'm more likely to do it face to face than i am yeah like because it's easy to because so like it's easy to have like a very quick reaction like if you say oh my dad's died and like you can just very quickly react to what that what that person says or what their face does like you can very quickly yeah, you can change yeah. Mm. yeah it's even a message you're like oh do I really want to like drop this bombshell so early <laughs> and like and that's and they don't know how you're saying it either so you could say it in like a real like just upbeat kind of like oh yeah like this thing happened but it's fine but they could read it as like oh shit how do I reply to that exactly because they don't know they don't know that because usually I would say it, like you say, like upbeat and chipper, almost. But but it, it annoys me that we do that because it's not a it's not a good thing. And the only reason we do like this upbeat thing is because we don't want this person to feel awkward. So instead, we like make it into like a oh yeah, my mum's died, but it's absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's like it's not. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. It's silly. I think like it's like. I was saying earlier, I just protect other people and I shouldn't. I should just say what it is without worrying about, yeah, what other people think or feel. Because also, the thing is, like, that's one of those things that we are all going to experience. Like, every single person Mm -hmm. that you ever meet is going to have someone around them die. Like, and they're going to have to tell people about it. It's that thing that we've been speaking about this week, Kat, and that, um, that, like, grief survey that we... It's just people just find it too awkward to talk about. But it's because we don't talk about it enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like taboo, isn't it? Yeah. So I started that question because I was interested because I um, have been like, I pretty much say like the first time I meet people, it's almost like the second thing that comes out of my mouth. Like, hi, I'm, I'm my dad's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Just let you know because I talk about it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> um, really funny, Sam. Chris, this weekend, Chris Barnard was like, um, Sam's very vocal on Facebook about her dad, isn't she? <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, she is. But then I was like, to be fair, you don't have, because Chris doesn't have Instagram. So I was like, 
you don't have Instagram, so you don't see how kind of vocal <laughs> I am about it either. So you probably see one half of it, but I was like, but why? Like that, that's just like, it's individuals ways of coping and expressing how they're feeling about it, isn't it? And it's like, the only reason you're thinking that she's very vocal about it is because nobody else says fucking anything about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly, the only reason yeah. why it looks like a wall, because nobody else says anything. No. Yeah, I know that's what sticks out like a sore thumb <laughs> on the news feed. Just, like, just scrolling through, like, memes, 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 dead dad, memes, memes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, though. Uh, we ended up being able to keep my mum's Facebook page open, um, but it's, like, in memory of. Yeah. Um, so in the early days, I just used to, yeah, post to her, and it was, like, stupid but it was like a way of still speaking with her so I kind of get being vocal and stuff that's why I made up my Instagram page so it was kind of more not like consolidated I guess I don't want to I don't know when did you start the Instagram page it was actually last May yeah last May um your instagram page has a lovely aesthetic to it by the oh, way thanks thank you so much no problem um, <laughs> yeah i probably think to overthink too much about my posts but no i am um, i started it just because kind of like what we're talking about now just to try and get it out there um and i didn't tell any of like my family or friends it was like a very like um not secret page that's the wrong word but I didn't like share it to be liked or um was very vocal about it like on my other pages it was just like a secret like little place for me to like I don't document certain things um and also just try and like bring like happiness about like a shit situation um because there are so many silver linings and like as crap as like losing a parent is it's shaped me to who I am now like I'm so like different than I could probably ever imagine and because of that I'm like the best version of me and though that happened through like losing mum it's bettered me in so many ways I'm so glad out of the whole conversation we've just had that is the one bit that I've actually been able to hear (laughs) thoroughly enjoyed it (laughs) yeah meanwhile I've just been scrolling through your Instagram I mean she's right it is very aesthetically pleasing (laughs) isn't it yeah it's got a theme to it and I already feel uplifted oh but it's also like I think in the first um posts like right at the beginning it was very much like positive 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 and then I had a time like I think it was around mum's anniversary in October that I felt like I couldn't voice that I was feeling shit because of how much I'd been like yeah positive life's great this is the best thing ever yeah um but then I was like, no, this is going to be an honest, like, truthful page. And if you're feeling shit, then say it. Because otherwise, people are going to get an unhealthy, like, perspective of grief as well. Um, and they'll be like, oh, yes. why am I? You know what social media is like. Oh, why am I having a shit day when yeah. she can deal with it so well? When, no, like, I do have shit days too. Yes, I feel that so much. Because that's why I ended up sharing, like, I shared a big post last week. Because I was like... I oh, especially I've been getting so many I mean you might have had the same thing when you're traveling like because you obviously put on all these like pictures of you like traveling and on beaches and whatever mm. that every single person every time they speak to me they say oh looks like you're really happy or looks like you're having yeah. a bad time 
Yeah. And I do feel as though, like, if I am feeling like, like last week, I, w- I was very overwhelmed and very emotional mm. and actually just quite sad. I was like, I, I need people to know that I'm literally just not, um, for my own sake as well, because I also then think if you, if I just project this image of positivity constantly, no one's ever going to ask me how I am anymore because yeah. then they'll be like, oh, she's obviously fine. Mm-hmm. But we're not, none of us are always fine all the time. No, and I think dead parent or not. <laughs> well, exactly. I think it's a really unhealthy um, like image to try and portray, but it's a learning journey as well, I guess, of like, because I feel like yeah. sometimes if you pretend that you're okay, you actually do become okay. It's kind of like fake it till you make it kind of thing. Um, yeah. Instead of like dwelling yeah. in it all, but it's just the healthy balance. Just as a side note as well for everyone listening, it's at Laura Elizabeth Duck. We'll put it in the show notes as well. So you can go and be aesthetically pleased. <laughs> yeah. As well as uplifted, hopefully. Yeah. Absolutely. That's cool. Oh, I've just clicked on that one that's um I did actually see it before. That's uh, like a pie chart. It's like every time mm. I see something beautiful when traveling and like the most of the pie chart is, wow, that's beautiful. And there's like a small slice that's she never got to see this. Yeah. Yes. I saw that the other day and I was like, oh my God, I feel this. Yeah. Like so true. The, um the illustrator or Instagram page that I um shared that from she has so many like amazing things there was one as well that um I shared as on my story you may have seen it, I'm not sure but it was like a um uh, a phone and then it was like oh you've got memories with your dead um your dead mom or something um on Facebook yeah mm. um and like it makes it like a bit of like a joke but it's so true like you get so many things pop up being like oh look at your memories and then you look at it and you think oh yeah. it's like a gut I don't know that gut feeling yeah exactly I don't know I don't know how people can like these people that can just sum up exactly how it feels or exactly just in one little doodle Mm. how do they do it I don't know but yeah there's so many and they're so good yeah so I've been so surprised by uh, when we started um opening up the Instagram for the podcast mm-hmm. I mean I was so surprised at just the amount of accounts that and yes like the the like uh size of the community like the grief community mm-hmm. completely and like I like um like got so many people and I love being able to like comment on their posts as well if they're saying like they're having a bad day or they share a memory or something being able to like comment on that and be a part of like their grieving journey as well like it all like brings it like like you say it's a community like it probably brings everyone together yeah Yeah, it's nice I love it It I didn't realize when I started in May I had no idea that it was even like a thing but there are so many pages yeah it's fun it's I mean it's amazing I love it like I love that more and more people are, are talking about it and like yes, like a lot of them are like anonymous as well because yeah. obviously mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people are still trying to hide their grief, which I do think is really sad. Um, but I'm glad that more and more of them are 
coming out and people are talking about it more. Yeah. And even if they are still being quiet, it's still pages that they're able to kind of view and maybe read something, resonate, and then they feel a little bit better, even if they're not posting their own their own things. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these accounts are like positive mm. accounts as well, which I think is amazing. Like it is good to share, you know, all of the bad the bad stuff. <laughs> and um a lot of people can resonate with them as well, but I think it's also important to put more of a highlight on how, especially for people that have only just experienced like such sheer grief, mm. like a very recent kind of death, it's good that they've got something to be like, I'm actually going to be okay. Yeah. Like I'm not going to feel like shit forever. Definitely. There's a girl I follow and I hope she doesn't mind me saying it, but um, her like Instagram tag is called Glitter and Grief. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, mm. I love that because, yeah, okay, there's grief, but there's also glitter in it. Like, there's, yeah, and it was, yeah so beautiful. I love that kind of phrase. I love that. I'm, okay. gonna, I'm, I'm having a look at it now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> glitter. And green. There she is. I love that shit. Oh, I love this. You are not a burden. Yes, girl. <laughs> That's such a such a popular um theme isn't it in our podcast sam people always say i didn't want to talk to my friends about it because i felt like i was just being a burden to them how were how were your friends with it laura um hit and miss i lost a few friends through the process to be honest um because Mm. i was very up and down like a yo-yo almost like i would be up for fun and having the best time yeah I'm everything's fine but then I also had times like at college so yeah where it was residential it was kind of like dorms of a university so I'd have my room and I'd lock my door and I even remember now seeing like on Facebook memories being tagged in statuses being like has anyone seen Laura Duck because I would just lock myself in my room and just stay there for a couple of days like just because I just wanted to sit and watch movies I didn't want to be disrupted and I remember I was on the ground floor and my friend Ellie um bless her heart we weren't even that close at the time and this is what made us such good friends she'd like knock on my window if my curtains were drawn and stuff and she hadn't seen me for a while she'd knock on my door on my window, sorry, and pass me through like a muck flurry or like um Whereas actually my best friends at the time were very much, we were on like a change of paths really. And they were just very much about drinking, drugs, partying and all Mm. of that stuff. And at that time, I just didn't want anything to do with that. But because I didn't want to, yeah, take drugs with them or drink with them or whatever, they just kind of disassociated themselves from me and didn't understand that I just want to sit and like, sit with them but maybe not even talk just watch a movie and just and be yeah chilled um so that like broke my heart like I hated that um but it kind of yeah gave did me a favor um because I was allowed to just yeah focus on those I mean I I can completely kind of get that because a lot of my friends are on here to them a good time is going out, getting hammered, mm-hmm. taking drugs. Mm-hmm. And that's just like the norm. But for me, like I think especially because I struggled with my mental health so much after my mum died, 
like I think people people forget like alcohol is a depressant Mm -hmm. and like if you feel like shit you're gonna go out drinking and wake up feeling 10 times shitter the next day and like when you're in that fragile kind of situation it's just the worst possible thing to do but I think the people around you just don't really get that and like I don't know I just nights in are literally my favorite things to do like with them I also feel like I alienate alienate myself myself from them a lot as well like it's difficult trying to balance spending time with them but also protecting myself from those like negative situations yeah definitely like now especially I've recognized that like drinking and then the day after my moods and stuff like that so I don't drink an awful lot to be honest um and yeah me my boyfriend that I met we well four years ago coming up um when we first met we were out all the time we used to party so much together and just have like so much fun but now like I'd say in like the last two years we're both just like nah we're just gonna get a takeaway like new year we're just like right takeaway I we think we had a bottle of wine but like nothing crazy Mm -hmm. um and just chilled because yeah the next day it's just not worth it exactly it's just it's so hard keeping your friends close to you Mm -hmm. I think when when you you kind of you're into different things now and you're trying to kind of stay away from that kind of place yeah it's definitely what I'm struggling with at the moment Mm -hmm. so hard (laughs) it's tricky and I think as well I don't know if it's the same for you guys but from like day to day week to week I can want different things or I can feel different yes so I might want to go on a night out and I'll plan a night out in two weeks time and then it comes and I'm like you know what there's nothing more that I'd like I just don't want I couldn't think of anything worse um so it's hard to make plans because I'm constantly different yeah well it's like like the same as me some some weeks I'm like oh you know what I would love to go out and get smashed this weekend (laughs) and I'll do it and then I'd be like, I'm not going to do that for the next six months. Yeah, that's me done. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's so true. Yeah, it's very, yeah, on and off relationship with um, with drinking. Yeah. Mm. How did you meet your boyfriend? Um, actually, <laughs> so when I was in Australia, um, I was traveling. Did you just say give us tips? Yeah. <laughs> give <you> tips. <laughs> I was just joking. Um, I met a friend, my my best friend now. I met when I was traveling the east coast of Australia, and we spent two weeks together traveling, and then come home obviously. And you're just almost like, oh, we have got to see each other again. Then I would go up to visit her. So she lived near Windsor, where I live now, and I would travel from Southampton up to see her. And through oh, wow. seeing her, I met Jaden who is basically like her childhood friend. Um, they went to like oh, primary yeah. school together, secondary school together, and then after secondary school, like remained friends in like a friendship group. There was like um, like a few of them that used to hang out together. So when I'd come up and see her, they all were around as well. Um, so yeah, and then we met and the rest is history. <laughs> How mad is that? Like you met somebody on the other side of the world and through that friendship you've now got like a partner it's ridiculous because I've never like with me and him without being too cringe like I've never been in sync with someone so much like he is literally mm. like the other part of me like it's mental oh, I love yeah that. it's crazy oh. <laughs> that's what I'm like with Sam but she's on the other side of the world yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
no it will it will come I think as well my mentality changed so I met him at the same time I started accepting my grief um and Mm. before all of that I actually wrote in a recent post about how I used to just think people were disposable no one is ever going to hurt me like Mm. I hurt losing mum like no one's ever going to mean that much I'm never going to love anyone like I love my mum so why am I even going to bother um so Mm. I had a lot of like the yeah that man mentality of like oh everyone's disposable I don't care um yeah very kind of closed I would say um and then when I started accepting grief was when I met him and um he used what we still do we read a lot of books um and it's all about like kind of having that positive um uh thoughts yeah that sort of stuff so we were on the same sort of journey but um totally different paths as well um so that Mm. just brought us so much closer together I think um Sam you, you I think you'll probably agree with me when I say this like I think Sam and I are very much like, because I I definitely, I'm very much a believer of everything happens for a reason. Uh And I very much think that neither Sam nor I are in a relationship with anybody because we're not in a position right now to be able to give time Mm -hmm. to a relationship because neither of us know where the hell we want to end up. Mm -hmm. And like, I think... I think like the universe kind of knows that like we don't know where we're going to end up. So why invest so much time and space into something if it might not fit into where your life's going to be in two years time? hundred so percent. Kind, of, kind of the way that I see it at the moment, there'd be no point in me finding somebody from where I am now because I don't want to stay here. So yeah. what's the point? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. so true. When are you due home? Gosh, I don't even know. That's the other thing as well. I haven't got a bloody plan. That's good. That's good. And I think at the end of all of that, though, you'll be like an even better person and then attract an even better person as well. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, like, because we are so, I mean, me especially, I'm like, I think I have too much trust in the universe. So, Mm. like, I just like deleted all the apps and everything. So I was like, no, the universe will bring someone to me when it's the right time. I know I believe that completely because there is no way in this world that I would have crossed paths with Jaden without meeting my best friend so I think when it's ready yeah exactly it will happen fate is a thing <laughs> love that so, so how did true. you um how did you when you first met him how did you approach the subject of the fact that you were grieving the fact that your mom had died was it something um, that you found difficult to do I don't actually remember, but I think it may have been, um, so my best friend, which is his friend, her birthday falls the day before my mum's anniversary. Um, so oh. whenever... The death of it. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, <laughs> so she's born on the 22nd and then mum died on the 23rd. So whenever there's a weekend celebrating my friend's birthday, it's kind of like a way for me to be happy around that time so I met yeah I met him like July August so it would have been September October like two months later that we would have been celebrating Laura's birthday um and I think maybe the day after I was a a mess and it kind of come up that way or maybe Laura told him I don't think there was ever a one-to-one conversation of me Mm. like telling him yeah yeah, not that I remember anyway. I'm useless. <laughs> 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 Catherine, when he just like DPC wing women, 
that just go up to people and like, by the way, <laughs> this girl's in the dead parent club, but she's Can fine. You handle that? <laughs> <laughs> Are you interested? It definitely, it definitely does come with an element of like this. This person needs to be able to handle you when you're just in the midst of grief out of the blue yeah like since like sometimes you just have really bad days and like you need to be able to find a person that can handle that and not treat you like your glass that's going to smash at any point yeah but also give you that space and time and open themselves up to have those conversations with you as well Compl- it is I think it is a lot of it is a lot of responsibility I think for another person yeah I'd say so because I'm still um like I don't recognize that my actions are grief right away so I can be moody or whatever and I'm just like I don't know I'm just in a bad mood and this will happen like a couple of days in a row and then I'll have a like a meltdown of just absolute despair and then I'm like ah that makes sense (laughs) why those days Jaden can see it like yeah he can see that it's coming and I'm just like I'm fine no, I'm all good. And then it happens. <laughs> yeah. But he's brilliant because I think he knows as well when to just let me be, but also when to reassure me as well. Because sometimes when I get reassured, I'm like, no, I'm fine. Like, leave me alone. Like, I'm okay. Or sometimes mm. I'm like, just hug me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold me. Yeah. Help. Um, so, yeah. So, do you have any. Um... Do you have any other people around you then that have kind of lost parents that you've got really close relationships with? Um, Yeah, so it happens like when I was at work in STA in Southampton, my friend's mum that I was working with, so my colleague, her mum passed away and we were friends before but instantly we now like have that connection that you guys like talk about. Like we kind of, yeah, on and on. Um, And then when I started my other job um, that was in London, another girl that I was working alongside, her dad passed away. And again, like we just gravitated towards one another mm-hmm. and she's brilliant. And I like to think that like I helped her like through some of like the worst of days, but yeah, yeah, it's, um, it just brings you together. And also like when I'm having a shit time, it's easier to talk to those friends because they know what you're talking about or they kind of just get it yeah yeah exactly because I think if you approach when you approach like you're kind of like normal friends that haven't experienced that and you say like oh I'm just having a really shit time at the moment they are kind of just end up saying like oh I'm sorry like are you okay yeah. but you say that to somebody else they're like oh fucking hell like tell me about it like what what have you been thinking about mm-hmm. or like do you know what I mean like there's just so much more like you're like yes I completely understand where you're coming from yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah, I had that last week actually where um well it was like the same time when I was feeling really upset. Their instant reaction was just to try and make me feel better. It was to try and be mm. like I was literally like, No, oh, don't don't be upset. And I was like, No, no, I am I am gonna yeah, be I hate that. <laughs> oh, don't be upset. I'll piss off. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, No, I am gonna be upset. Like and actually, yeah. do you know that's one thing that actually really infuriated me about um so, because I often will like put things on Facebook and stuff for people like commenting back because it's always comforting. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of them, because I always tag my dad in it because you get more likes that way. I um, <laughs> um, <laughs> always I had loads of people commenting back being like, 
because I in the post I was like I got I like I am upset about this the fact that he's dead and they were like and people were like oh your dad wouldn't want you to be upset don't be upset like so many people saying don't be sad I was like it's okay to be sad yeah yeah definitely I think as well with um my mum so a lot of her family and friends are in Australia as well so they're on the west coast so I always tag my mum in things that I post so that they can see it as well um yeah they've always said that they find it comforting like it's like a a little reminder almost that like it's okay and let's talk about it and let's share a memory or let's just got like, let's talk yeah. about this. So it's always worked. Yeah. Quite positive, but I totally get that one. Like, Oh, your mum wouldn't want you to be this upset. And it's like, fuck off. You don't know what my mum would want. <laughs> I'm sad. Yeah. sad. <laughs> it's so true. And it's also a case of like, if like your mum or like, like your dad or whatever was around and you were upset about something else, like they would be there to comfort you. Hundred percent, yeah. So it's like, so it's difficult because it's like I'm sad, and the person I want to talk about about the fact that I'm sad isn't here. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be sad about it yeah. until I feel better. So leave. Yeah, just leave me be. <laughs> no, I get that. But but don't leave me alone because I do want some attention. So just <laughs> but just don't say that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> also, I absolutely love love when when you just said fuck off. You don't know what my mum would want. I feel like mm. I need that on like a t-shirt or something. <laughs> Fuck off! You don't know what my dad would want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's so true. I love that. It'd be so funny. Yeah. It's like we don't even know what they would want. Like, and mm. so you can't no. say that. Like, don't. It's it's difficult because, like, yeah, I'm sure what they wouldn't want is us crying mm-hmm. every single day and not getting on with our lives and not finding any positivity in anything. But I'm sure our parent wouldn't mind us having a day where we grieve them yeah. like because that's healthy they I think they would want that what they don't want is us ruining our lives over it mm-hmm. exactly yeah I think like a day of grief or a day of not even that because you grieve all the time but like a day of sadness like mm. I'm entitled to that like that's okay yeah like, I mean if they, they would do the same if it was us that had died mm. yeah, I was gonna say if I was dead I'd be pissed off if people weren't crying yeah. <laughs> cry bitch yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it like you would want some sort of upsetness oh yeah exactly I, I absolutely love this question it's one of my favorites um do you think that it's changed the way that you go about your life and your attitude towards it yeah a hundred percent I think I was very um like selfish back before mum passed away um very like I don't know just self-absorbed I guess um and now yeah perspective is everything perspective has changed all things really and I think I'm just yeah. a lot more open and when like things happen that aren't according to plan like it does get me down but also like I've already kind of gone through or felt the worst thing that could possibly happen so it's almost just kind of like I don't know you can yeah. take on the world literally yeah like the world's my oyster like yeah okay I'm gonna hurt again in the future but I've already made it past the worst possible hurt so instead mm-hmm. of seeing that as like a negative in that like how I was before like I was saying about people being disposable and stuff like that now it's like an even I feel like I'm on a greater I don't know place I guess in seeing yeah that it's it's all gonna be okay 
Yeah, I totally get that. I think it, in a way, it's it's good that you experience something so bad at such a young age because you become more aware of yourself mm-hmm. and what makes you happy and what doesn't. And I think you just grow up a lot quicker and I think you waste less time doing things that you don't want to do yeah. anymore. Like it kind of puts you in a, a bit of an advantage compared exactly. to other people. That's, really, yeah. That's what I was trying to say, like a better thing, but then I was like, Oh, does that sound bad? But you are at an advantage and it just opens your eyes. And like, I think what I've heard quite a lot is that like the one thing promised is death. Like that is the one thing. So like, yeah. To, live a life where you're avoiding it or you're upset about it or you're going to let it control you is just ridiculous like you just have to Mm. make the most of everything (laughs) so many things you said then were so wise oh (laughs) thanks (laughs) literally i was i was about to message sam before off this group and be like oh my god i love that i love this girl but then i was like now probably just telling myself (laughs) (laughs) you are such a bit of me Thank you. No, that makes I'm also really glad that my um, computer decided to fix itself and I've been able to hear you for the last half an hour. Yes, <laughs> half an hour. Worth. I don't know if you noticed. I did, yeah. No, I did. <laughs> That's good. Like, oh, cat we forgot about cat. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I was, I was relying on you, Sam. Every time that you kind of said something, I'd be like, okay, so they're kind of talking about this. I'll try and respond. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine don't worry it's, it will have done if Sam's been able to hear you I think it's just been messing up on my end yeah. so it's fine so what would you say Laura to somebody else that's just been through what you did when you were younger it's really hard um I would say that kind of like yes it's shit it's awful it's the worst thing ever but there is light at the end of the tunnel and as cliche as that is like you kind of you make what you want out of it you can either sit and dwell and I don't know use it as an excuse to live a life that isn't fulfilling or you can see it as like a new beginning almost and kind of live with purpose and just yeah make it a a better outcome I guess perfect you've summed it up in 30 seconds amazing (laughs) (laughs) I think it's so true and it's difficult I think for people to hear stuff like that when they're in the midst of grief because I think a lot of the time you probably hear something and be like I just can't imagine ever being in that position Mm. but like I love the fact that with this podcast we'll get the opportunity to let people know that you know two plus years down the line you are going to be able to look back and be like oh, like I've changed in such a positive way in the last two years and like I'm allowing myself to go on this journey with my grief and not let it control me, but just kind of align it with my life. Mm-hmm. I think that for me as well, like kind of, again, with like the Instagram page, I just want to be an example of it getting better. So if someone can see, yeah. that, like, yes, you still live with it every single day. It doesn't go away, but it gets better. And like, as yeah, you can the first thing you hear is that and you don't want to hear it and time heals and all of this stuff that you just yeah you don't want to hear but it's it there is truth in it i'm trying to find a message that we got off the um podcast the other day that 
I was like, oh my God, I love how she's described this. Oh, where is it? Oh, here we go. She's put this. So we get messages, like, really, you probably do as well, on your Instagram account from people that are like, oh, thank you for posting. Like, yeah. you're kind of like helping me kind of understand my grief and stuff. Yeah. And a part of this message, this girl put, um, it's really allowed me to move forward with my grief and settle into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, like, she said, like, I'm settling into my grief rather than letting it kind of like consume me which I think is such a fab way of talking about it yeah and it's so true though it's like a new way of life like you do settle into it it's there for the long run like it's not going to go away yeah. anytime soon so you kind of have to learn to live with it yeah exactly oh well thank you so so much Laura for coming on is there anything else that you kind of wrote down or anything that you really wanted to talk about don't think so just thank you for having me it's been actually quite therapeutic for myself to be able to discuss yeah. it, so thank you we're yeah. so Aww. so so glad that you reached out to come on it's been <laughs> phenomenal yeah technical yeah I think I think Sam even you've enjoyed it I think Sam even though you've been um, on Struggle Street a hungover mess yeah, yeah. I hope you feel it's, better it's been, <laughs> it gives me life though like Kat, you get this as well, right? Like, yeah. we feel like shit before recording one of these episodes. And then mm. we just start talking and, like, just because everyone else is, the, everyone that we speak to on these podcasts are just so, like, because they're so uplifting and yeah. just, I'm always just, like, hashtag inspired. By, it's so like, true. I'm like, like yeah. After every single podcast, I'm like, I I can go and rule the world now. See ya. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true because like sometimes I come on and I'm like, you know, you have to be truthful. And it's like sometimes I'm like, this is literally the last thing I want to do right now. Like I'm exhausted, and you know I've kind of got to put my all into this conversation. But every single time, like in, th- in the middle of it and near to the end of it. I'm like, oh my God, I feel so much better. I feel like I've got a purpose in my life again. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just kind of like going by like on Struggle Street. Yeah. So yeah, I, it, they are, they're so nice to do. I love them. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, what are you doing today? Do you anything nice on your Sunday? Um, no, I've got a nice coffee that I'm going to drink now. And then chill the rest of the afternoon. Yeah, I'm doing some admin on life like washing changing bed sheets i love those days sorting out yes (laughs) sundays are the best days for it as well because there's nothing nice than getting into bed on a sunday night and like getting your book out having your fresh sheets your room being really tidy all your washing's done there is literally nothing better no i totally agree self-care sundays all the way (laughs) hashtag self-care sunday yeah (laughs) (laughs) fabulous well um thank you thank you so much for listening to this week's dpc podcast we hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have and have found some comfort in the stories that you've heard today if you've resonated with anything we've said have any questions or want to get involved please do contact us we're on instagram it's at dpc podcast you can email us on dpc podcast at hotmail.com Or we have a contact form on our website, www.dpcpodcast.co.uk. We have a whole bunch of resources over on our website. More information about dealing with grief, 
losing a parent and professionals to contact if you should need it. Because as Kat so eloquently said in our first podcast, we're not providing healthcare, we're just chatting shit. <laughs> if you think this podcast could help someone, then we would love for you to share it. We upload new podcasts every week, so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. Loads of love from Sam and Kat. See, See you next Tuesday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.